Turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. I want to share with you just for a few minutes um, kind of a different, a different uh, deal than, than normal for me. Um, you know, I was thinking about these, these graduates. I was thinking about the summer missionaries that we're going to commission and um, just how there's, that's two groups of people who are dealing with some, like, just massive transition right now. Uh, and even, like, school wrapping up, the school year wrapping up, and going into summer, that's a huge transition. And uh, for some reason, that word transition and just kept coming back and back and back. And uh, But then I was like, well, I was like, I don't want to just preach some sermon that's just aimed at the graduates, you know, or just aimed at the summer missionaries. Like, what about everybody else? And then I started thinking, I was like, man, transition is happening to everybody all the time you know like life is like one big transition it's filled with change things don't they don't stay the same sometimes it feels like they are but but they really aren't and so um whether it's stuff within your family i mean people are we have some who are um dealing with like engagement or newly married or been married for a while or uh like Having a kid, uh, going from one kid to two kids, you know, you master having one kid, you get it down perfectly, and then another one comes along and, like, wrecks your system, and, or two goes to three, and stuff like that, and that's, there are all these transitions, or you, you figure out an 18-month-old, and then they turn 19 months, and they become a whole different person, you know, like, that kind of stuff, and so, like, you're, there's, like, all these family transitions that are happening, and, um, there are professional transitions, you know, some of you, you guys have just graduated, some of you are, uh, you're changing jobs or within the job you have now, it's changing or uh, you have been at the same job for a long time and it feels like nothing is changing. And sometimes that's a, that's a tough transition because you're used to things changing and then when it doesn't change, like that's a form of change in its own. Does that, oh, that make any sense? Uh, so, so there's like professional types of changes. There's relationships that are constantly changing. Finances are constantly changing. Nothing ever really like stays put. And it is exhausting. You know, it's just really tiring because you're, you're having to always figure, figure out what's, what's going on. You're assessing the situation and, and what do you need to change? How do you adjust to it? All this kind of stuff. And, uh, sometimes transition is, um, like it's, it's like really, really slow, you know, like, like crock pot slow, you know, um, where it's like just, it's painful. It takes so long, um, then sometimes it's like microwave fast. Like it's just like all of a sudden like just change has just happened and, or whatever. And sometimes you see it coming from, from really far off and you're able to anticipate it and plan for it. And other times you just get blindsided by it. And, uh, and sometimes we handle it really well. Sometimes we handle it really poorly. Um, and so what I just felt led to bring to the table tonight was, uh, is not really a sermon. Uh, I think that that a discipline that we all need to continue to grow in is just learning to be encouraged by the scriptures themselves, you know, um, to not always need a, a book to read, you know, or some, some brilliant writer or preacher to put together a hilarious book, you know, or like with like certain number of points and all that kind of stuff that to really just get to where the Bible, man, we just, we let the Lord encourage us through the scriptures, uh, themselves, just the, the simplicity of a devotional approach to the Bible. So typically, when you hear a sermon, uh, it's, it's directed uh, at some very specific things, and there may be a couple of points, and um, you're the, a, 
a good preacher will try and like dig into the historical context and what what the original author I mean what the author is trying to say in its original setting and all this kind of stuff and extract all this meaning out of it and then package it in such a way that helps like everyone understand it. Then there's a whole other approach which is just it's more devotional, you know. It's uh you, it's you sitting on your bed reading your bible and God just blessing you and being um, his peace just showing up in, in life or the questions just leaping off the page about scripture or just whatever it is. And so this is going to be a little bit more of just a devotional approach. Look at three passages of scripture that, that maybe could be encouraging to you uh, in the transitions that we're all facing and we're all going through and we want to handle them well. You know, nobody, nobody, like, like everybody wants to handle transition like the early church did. Right, so Jesus says, "I'm going. Uh, the Comforter is going to come. You just need to go and you need to pray, and it's going to be awesome." And what did they do? They went and they prayed, and it was awesome. You know, they were obedient; like it was beautiful. We we want to handle transition that way, but sometimes we handle it kind of like the Israelites, you know, who who were freed out of slavery, and then they were just complaining. They're just brats for years and years and years, and they just never really figured it out. And they were just they whined over and over again. They blamed Moses and they blamed whatever. Uh, none of us want to be that way in transition and change, but sometimes we kind of are. And so maybe the scriptures, uh, maybe God wants to speak to us uh, in, the, in this way. So the three, three passages we'll look at, and I'll just kind of make a few points here and there and let the scriptures do their thing. So look in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying... Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. So in those couple of verses, I mean, there's a couple of things that maybe are, uh, would be encouraging as you're transitioning uh, look, at, look at verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Here's Jeremiah going into this transition into his ministry. He's kind of freaking out a little bit. And God very quickly, maybe like in a very loving way, maybe kind of grabs him by the shirt, you know, looks him in the eye and says, Hey, this is my idea. I'm in, I'm in charge of you, you know. You didn't make this up. You just, this isn't you kind of being whatever. This is me. Like, I'm leading you to do this. I appointed you. Before you were even born, I knew that this, this was going to happen to you, and this is where I was going to have you. You need to rest in that. Um, sometimes I, th- I, I think we need God to do that to us, you know, to grab us by the shirt and look us in the eye and say, hey, quit, just quit freaking out. I'm, this is my idea, you know. 
And maybe sometimes we can look at transition and you can say, yeah, but I did this and I did this and I did this and that's why I'm in this situation. It doesn't change his sovereignty over your life. Uh, so maybe just rest in the fact that he's got you, you know. That this is his idea. And whatever the transition is, however uncomfortable it might be or, or awkward, or maybe it's on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe it's just phenomenal, just, just this amazing transition. Regardless of where it is on the spectrum, it's his idea. If we really believe that he's sovereign and, and, and he's the boss and he's in charge of things, then, then he's got you right where he wants you. So maybe even that verse would become important to you to return to from time to time and just let that wash over you with peace. Um, verse 6, uh, Jeremiah responds uh, like a lot of us do, you know. What, what a calming word, and then he like, finds an objection to it, you know. Uh, which is such a human thing to do. It's like, man, the God of the universe just told me that this is his idea, and I'm finding a reason why. Uh, like, uh, sorry, what about this, you know? Um, and so that's what he does. Uh, Behold, I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. When, from a devotional approach, he's really saying, like, okay, you're, you're calling me to do something I've never done before. I'm not experienced in this. You're wanting me to go to the nations and proclaim things, but I'm not good at speaking and I'm young. Uh, maybe in your transition, maybe you're, you're just headed into like very uncharted waters, you know. Maybe that's your, your objection and maybe that's kind of what's making you freak out is that you've, you haven't done this before. Um, and God's response is, don't say that. <laughs> He's he said, do not say I'm only a youth. So whatever your objection is, whatever your excuse is, whatever you're kind of freaking out about, I think God really wants to speak into that and say, hey, don't, don't say that. Don't think, don't think that way. Not, not when I've called you to do this. Look at what he says in verse 6. Do not say I'm only a youth. For to all, uh, for to, all to whom I send you, you'll go. And whatever I command you, you'll speak. He's saying the very thing I've called you to do, don't you think I'm going to empower you to do it? Do you think I'm going to just throw you in the deep end and just leave you? See, whatever you're transitioning into, it's uncharted and you're afraid. And I, I get that. I'm, I'm there a lot. But know that when God leads you into something, he meets you there with everything that you need for life and godliness. Through your knowledge of him who's called you to his own glory and excellence. And so... Rest in that. Just because you haven't done something before, you haven't entered into this stage before, whatever is ahead of you, you're going to be fine. Because it's his idea, and he equips us for what we need to accomplish what he's called us to do. Verse 8, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them, for I'm with you to deliver you. we're We're so linear, you know, like we experience time one moment... After the other, you know. And to know that God, God's in, he's ahead of us already. In fullness. And so he's with us. We might freak out about, well, what do the next few moments hold? What do the next few days, few weeks, whatever hold? God's not freaking out. So, instead of resting in yourself as the unsteady one, relax into the rock, you know. The steady one who knows, 
That should be comforting to us. And then verse 9, Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth and said, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. That's that equipping. He's encouraging him. He's reaching into his life. Maybe to speak in a, in a form. Maybe he's saying, like, look, I'm, I'm not afraid of what's ahead. You don't need to be afraid either. You're going to have the words that you need. So if you're transitioning into something, uh, if you're about to be a, a parent for the first time and you're terrified, it's okay. It's perfectly fine. He's going to meet you in that. And he's going to give you what you need. God's never been late. Sometimes we think he's late, but he's never late. He's never showed up unprepared. He never he he didn't show up and like left his phone at home, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like he that's not how he works. He's always on time. He's always fully prepared and equipped. And he's incredibly generous. He doesn't withhold from his children. He provides thoroughly for what we need in the moment. Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. See, he's he's got a very specific vision for Jeremiah in front of him. And leading him into this, that's a part of what is ahead that God sees. So whatever you're transitioning into or out of or wherever you are, it fits into what God has for you. Like he knows what he wants to do. So relax into that. Rest into that. Don't object. Don't, don't try to poke holes in God's argument for, you know, that he's trying to, to compel with you and, and help you understand his goodness. Don't sit there and like, find reasons to object to that. Just relax. Be encouraged by scriptures like this. He, he knows. He's good. And you're good. Even though you might be freaking out and you're nervous or whatever, be nervous. That's fine. You know? You're, are you fearful? Uh, okay, that's probably very normal. Let him coach you through the fear. Let him speak into that. Let him encourage you. Let him be your shepherd to show you that because of who your shepherd is, you, don't, you aren't lacking any good thing. So turn now to Luke chapter 12. In Luke 12, we see the words of Jesus. In Jeremiah 1, we saw the words of Jesus also. Here's Jesus, the man who is teaching and preaching. And a lot of times when it comes to this text, we'll go to, we'll go to Matthew, to the Sermon on the Mount. This is put a little bit differently in some ways. Look at verse 22. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. So he's not saying that you shouldn't eat or shouldn't put on clothing. He's not saying that those things are uh, unimportant. So they're, they're, not, they're not worth worrying about. You know? 
that the anxiousness of humanity uh, is, is not valid when it comes to some of these things. And probably, uh, much like in our day, they were probably obsessing over some of this stuff, constantly worried and fearful and fending for themselves a little bit and, and trying, to, trying to control things. And then this rabbi comes along and stands from on the side of a hill. He's like, hey, don't, don't, don't worry about your life. And I'm sure they're like, yeah, okay, sure. And probably some of us in this room feel the same way. Every time you read that passage, you know, do not be anxious about your life. And you're like, kind of like Jeremiah, you're like, yeah, but what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Well, Jesus isn't changing his mind. He's not changing his position on things. And what he's offering to us is transformation through the renewal of our mind. So in the Sermon on the Mount, he's teaching us how to think inside the kingdom. And inside the kingdom, we aren't anxious about our lives. What we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, those kinds of things. That the kingdom is a place of trust. The kingdom of the world is a place of mistrust. And so for those who are transitioning, it's probably natural that we're, that we're worried about things and the unknown is just one of the scariest things ever, you know. And we tend to, in, in regard to the unknown, we try and anticipate, which isn't evil, but we try and anticipate. And most of the time, we're, we're anticipating the worst possible scenario that could ever happen ever, you know. Because we've seen a lot of TV shows and a lot of movies and read books and stuff. And that's usually what happens on TV and in movies and in books. It's the worst thing that can happen. And so we're... We're trying to get out ahead of it, and we're, we're playing out these scenarios, and we're just so afraid of what would happen if this, if this, if this, if this. And so the kingdom of the world is very mistrusting, and here's Jesus coming and saying, the kingdom of God is a place of complete trust, that whatever lies ahead, whether it's the best possible scenario or the worst possible scenario, it's going to be okay either way, which is mind-blowing and frustrating, and difficult. And that's why transformation happens slowly over a long period of time. Where you don't instantly get free of all our trust issues, and all our fears, and all our worries. It's progressive, and it's slow, and it's us in the yoke with Jesus, learning from him over a long span of time. It's a crockpot, you know. There's not a shortcut to it. It's, it's a slow cooker, Right? But we don't like that, you know. We want things quickly, and we want shortcuts, and we want whatever. We don't want to struggle. And Jesus isn't afraid of struggling with us. He's not afraid of being yoked with us, and we're fighting it and fighting it and fighting it, and he's just steady moving. He's not afraid of that, because he knows what's ahead. So he is not afraid to stand in front of all these people and make a statement like this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you'll eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. And then I, in my mind, I like to think he just starts picking out examples around him. Consider the ravens, that they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? We're more valuable than birds. 
That should be a, a huge statement to us. It's kind of amusing at first, but when you start to think about it, you're like, yeah. He takes care of the birds who are not made in his image. So, of course, he would take care of his children who he has died to redeem and given a new name and all of the things that go with the new covenant. And so, of course, he's going to take care of a nasty raven. Surely he'll take care of you and I. Verse 25, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you're not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom. All these things will be added to you. When you seek his kingdom, you realize he's going to meet the needs of his children. In the present, in the future, whatever you're transitioning into, whatever that looks like, your needs will be met. And if your dreams absolutely come true, he will be there. And if your worst case scenario plays out, he'll be there. He'll be good, no matter what the trajectory looks like. He'll be with you in fullness and in power. He'll step you through it. He's still your shepherd. He's still good. I think a passage like this is supposed to be kind of like an oxygen mask that you put on. You're like, oh, okay. I can breathe more easily. Our tendency will be kind of like Jeremiah to find objections. So maybe this passage could be encouraging to you. Maybe you should choose to relax into it. Maybe verse 32, where he says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Maybe believing him when he says that. Maybe memorizing that verse. Maybe praying that verse. Maybe wrestling through how that verse fits into what you're transitioning into right now. But to be encouraged by the words of Christ, I think is massively important. Let's look at one more passage. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. We looked at this a few times over this semester whether in groups or here on Sunday nights. Paul dealt with plenty of transition to go from uh, being a persecutor of Christians to being a uh, pastor and church planter and evangelist and missionary means that you go through a lot of change. And he had uh, been arrested and beaten and there are just all kinds of things. And so he was constantly having to deal with uh, uh, finding himself in a new set of circumstances. And here in chapter 4, he shares this bit of wisdom with this church. Verse 11, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation 
I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's a classic FCA t-shirt verse, right? I can do all things. And contextually, what he's saying is like, look, my life has swung back and forth from one extreme to the other. And let me tell you something I've learned through that pendulum going back and forth between abundance and need, having nothing, having just, just plenty or whatever. Here's, here, here's what I've learned is contentment because through Christ I can do anything. Whatever life brings, whatever transition it is, from Christ, I'm going to be fine. And there's a difference in, in living for God and from God. We all want to live for Him, right? We want to live for His glory and uh, for the well done of the Father and for Him, for Him, for Him. And Jesus is on board with that for sure. But for Him starts with living from Him as our source. And so as you are transitioning into whatever, if you're trying to make it on your own, if you're trying to muscle through it or, or feel like I should, you know, I've been a Christian for you know, however long, and so I should be, I know what to do, I'm just not really applying it or, or whatever. Or if you think that you're awesome enough to figure it out, you, you, you're going to be, uh, yeah, it's bad. So we learn from Paul. We learn from Jesus. We learn from God's interaction with Jeremiah. That as you're transitioning and as things are changing and morphing and God is leading you forward into something that you have no idea what is ahead, you trust the one who does know. You trust the one who knows what he's leading you into, the one who has promised to equip you with what you need. The one who is not late, the one who is always prepared, the one who loves you way more than you realize, the one who died for you, the one who's given you a new name, the one who calls you son, calls you daughter, the one who has plans for you to prosper you and not to harm you. You can see Jeremiah, you know, later on. You know, is that passage I just quoted, and people love that, man. Graduation cards, the great Christian graduation card. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You know, and I've talked about this over the years, and you read it in context. He's like, he just told him, like, guess what? Most of you are going to die before it gets better. For I know the plans I have for you, you know. It's not the most encouraging passage of Scripture ever, you know. It's, it's really whatever. But to know that... He had, them in, he had them where he had them for a reason and a purpose. And that's not how it was going to stay. And he was going to guide them and strengthen them and, and equip them. And things were going to be fine. To let that be comforting, I think, is so, so, so important. To learn from Paul. Through, all, uh, through Christ, I can do all things. Jesus said, apart from him, you can do nothing. From him, you can do anything. And so I don't know what you're facing. Uh, I mean, I know, I know some, 
but probably not everything uh, that's going on in this room. But I would imagine that all of us have some area of life where we're dealing with some change. And it can be frustrating and scary and whatever. But God's not afraid of it. And he's not afraid of you. And he's trusting you, leading you forward in whatever it is. And I think we just need to let him affirm us and encourage us. So maybe these passages or ones like them will become important to you. Uh, So what I want us to do is I want us just to sing just a little bit in response. And then we're going to wrap up the service a little bit. But if if these texts have maybe met you in in a deep place, don't leave it here, you know. Don't leave it in this room. Don't leave, don't leave the fact that something pinged your radar. You know, Steward that well. And so let's stand together and we're going to sing a little bit.